Welcome to the Mahabharat podcast. Being the longest and most comprehensive scripture in the Vedic body of teachings, the Mahabharat is often the first known source to speak of the multiple forms of the feminine energy of the Supreme, principally known as Durga. Narayan is the Supreme Being, and Narayani is the name given to his feminine aspect or energy. Nav means nine and Ratri means night, and so Navratri is the series of nine nights that are dedicated to nine forms of the feminine energy. The order of the nine nights and the forms worshipped have some semblance of chronology that depicts the development of Durga, culminating in her slaying the buffalo demon called Mahisasur, who was killed on the tenth night, which is known as Vijay Dashmi, where Vijay means victory and Dashmi means the tenth day. As we hear of the nine forms of Durga, their meanings and stories, the connectedness of the Vedic ecosystem becomes ever more illuminated. The first Durga form is known as Shailaputri, who also goes by the names of Parvati, Himavati and Sati Bhavani. The name Shailaputri can be broken down into Shail, meaning mountain, and Putri, meaning daughter, and so she is known as the daughter of the mountain. Her father is King Himavat, the personification of the great Himalayas, and hence she goes by the name Himavati also. Shailaputri is seen to be seated on a white bull, holding a trident and a lotus flower. This type of symbolism features across many deities, signifying the existence of both peace and conflict within the material realm, which is characterized by self-centricity, hypocrisy, crooked behavior that cyclically requires a rebalancing. Barvat also means mountain, and hence her other name is Barvati, or one of the mountain. Long ago, there was a woman called Sati, the beautiful and devout daughter of the revered progenitor, Prajapati Daksha, and she was the consort of the great deity Shiva. One day, Daksha and his counsellors in the heavens decided to host sacrifice and a celebration. They invited the presiding deities from all directions and all places, including the planets, the sun, the sages and the celestials. It is indeed said that unless all of the demigods are present, that no sacrifice is complete. There was one whom they did not invite, and this was none other than the very son-in-law of Daksha, Shiva. Daksh, given his great material opulence, felt that he was somewhat hard done by, given the marriage between his daughter Sati and Shiva. Shiva had no interest in material opulence, and Daksha's prime interest was such opulence. This divide became more and more stark 
as time went on. Shiva, although completely capable of exhibiting limitless material opulence, chooses not to, for he knows that such shows are ultimately futile. It is explained in the Srimad Bhagavatam that Shiva's opulences are therefore called avyakta, or unmanifest. They are in the realm of renunciation and not in the realm of materialistic exhibition. The delicate and devout Sati remained completely dedicated to her husband Shiva despite of her father Daksha's arguments and his position. On this occasion, however, Sati was adamant that she would attend the sacrifice at her father's home, despite her husband Shiva warning against it. On hearing Shiva publicly insulted by her father, Sati felt unbearable pain. Prabhupada explains that because her body was related with Daksha, who is an offender to Lord Shiva's lotus feet, she felt herself to be condemned. Due to remembrance of this relationship, her body was always a source of unhappiness, and thus Sati decided to give it up. Sati therefore immolated herself in fire in the assembly of all, including her father, who looked on. Seeing this shocking act, the entourage of ghosts and ghouls that had accompanied Sati immediately mounted an attack on the gods and the guests. Prigumuni, on the side of the gods, mounted a counter-attack with the Ribu demigods. On hearing the news of his dear wife, Prabhupada explains that the furious Lord Shiva bit his lip with his teeth and plucked a strand of hair from his head, which then blazed like fire. He stood up at once, laughing like a madman, and dashed the hair to the ground. A terrifying black demon, as high as the sky and as bright as three suns combined, was thereby created. His teeth were very dreadful and his hair blazed like fire. He had thousands of arms equipped with various weapons and he was garlanded with human skulls. This great demon called Virabhadra effortlessly beheaded Daksh. Sati would go on to reincarnate as none other than Parvati or Shailaputri. Shailaputri is the goddess of the root chakra who upon awakening begins her journey upwards through the body. The second Durga form is Brahmacharini, where Brahma means knowledge and Charini means one who practices or one who is in pursuit of. Brahmacharini is a devout ascetic dressed in pure white, holding Rudraksh beads in one hand and a water pot in the other. Her parents are Himavan and Mena. Continuing from the story behind Shaila Putri, Brahmacharini, being the next form of Sati, is resolved to reunite with Shiva and is suitably an ascetic who is renounced from the material world. 
as Shiva's interest in her is eventually wakened. He approaches her, but in a disguised form, and begins to cite to her the shortcomings and critiques towards Shiva. Brahmacharini simply declines to hear these criticisms. She is one day attacked by demons, and the various goddesses come to help her, especially due to her being in a state of meditative emancipation. Ultimately, Brahmacharini opens her eyes, and with fire emanating from them, she burns all of the demons to ashes. Sometime after her marriage to Shiva, there arises problems caused by the demon Tarkasur, who had been given a boon by Lord Brahma that save and accept the child of Lord Shiva, no being would be able to kill him. This boon was given thinking that Shiva would never marry again or bear a child after his wife Sati had previously left her body. And so Brahmacharini attracted Shiva to her, paving way for offspring and in turn the destruction of the demon Darkasur. Chandraghanta is the third Devi form, and her name is a combination of Chandra meaning moon and Ghanta meaning bell. She is also known as Vrikavahini, the one who rides on the wolf, or Chandrika meaning moonlight. She carries weapons including a trident, a sword, a mace, a bow and arrow, and a shield. After Shiva and Parvati had been married, the demon Tarkasur, who is inimical towards this divine couple, sent a demon aid of his called Jatukasur to cause a disturbance in their lives. One day, in the peaceful and tranquil land of Mount Kailash, Jatukasur, the bat demon, came with an army of bats to attack Parvati as she was engaged in her daily activities. Shiva happened to be engaged in penances in deep meditation, and as the bat swooned upon the hermitage of Parvati, whilst her initial reaction was anger, she was too fearful to act, and remained therefore helpless. She immediately sought the shelter of their powerful cow, Nandi, who was usually grazing in their grassland. However, Nandi was nowhere to be seen. Parvati then found Shiva. However, he was not able to leave his spot due to being committed to his penance. Shiva stopped and explained to Parvati that she was none other than Shakti, or power personified. She is Prakriti, or nature and she is the mother of the universe and material creation. And that simply on contemplating on this, realizing it, and then living it, she was more than capable to overcome the army of bats. Conjuring her courage, Bharati came out of her enclosure in the darkness of the night, and she called on the moon god, Chandradev, to assist her by lighting her path Chandradev then took a spot on her head to continue to light the path for her. 
a pack of wolves also came to the aid of Parvati. Using a loud bell to frighten the evil-hearted, demoniac bats, using auspicious sounds, she also used her sword to fight off the army of bats. And so she became known to Lord Brahma, who was witness to all of this as Chandragunta, or the one with the moon and a bell. Chandragunta resides in the Manipur chakra of the body, and her third eye is always open, signifying her perpetual readiness to stand in battle against evil. Gushmanda is the fourth form of the Devi, and is often depicted with eight hands, and also known as Ashtabhuja Devi, where Ashta means eight, and Devi is a goddess. She is seen holding a water pot, bow, mace, disc, and japamala, and she is attributed with creating the material cosmos with her smile, and her abode is in the Anahata chakra. Gu means little, Ushma means warmth or energy, and Anda is a cosmic egg, and hence the name Gushmanda. And also, the amalgamation of these words means small energetic or cosmic egg. At one time, two demons named Mali and Sumali were conducting a grave penance and accumulating great powers. Being concerned with the result of this penance by the two demons, the sun god Surya approached them, and as he got closer, he burned the two demons to ashes. Shiva, who is often favorably inclined towards the ghosts, the ghouls, and the demons, became enraged at Surya after this incident. Swiftly grasping his trident, he threw it with the full force of his energy, striking the sun god and making him fall down immediately, and hence causing the world to fall into perpetual darkness. The sage Kashyap, the father of Surya, becoming angered and upset, cursed Shiva that he would one day kill his own son also. To try to remedy the situation, Shiva's dear wife, Parvati, quickly approached the spot where Surya had fallen from and placed herself in his previous place, emanating both the same heat and light as Surya previously did. After this, the sage Kashyap, along with his wife, Aditi, and Shiva arrived, and they extracted into one pot blood of theirs, and in another pot nectar or Amrit, in an effort to help revive the fallen Surya. Giving this to Surya, he rose once again, and he combined with Kushamanda the expansion of the energy of Parvati as a cosmic egg who then powered the world with her rays, along with Suryadev. Skandamata is the fifth form of Durga, and is a four-handed form whose name means the mother of Skanda, 
the god of war. The Mahabharat in the Van and Shalya Parvas speak of the birth of Skanda. In one account, the falling of the semen of Lord Shiva into fire, Agni, and the transfer of the consequent child into the Ganges, who is then found by six sunless Kritikas, ladies who represent the lunar mansions, the Pladas, and Skanda develops six heads to take milk from each of his mothers. The Skanda Puran say that Skanda is the offspring of Parvati and Shiva in response to the demon Tarkasur only being defeatable by the son of Shiva. Skandamata is the depiction of maternal love and affection. The sixth form of Durga is Katyayani, who is also known as Mahisasur Mardini, or the slayer of the buffalo demon. Katyayani was said to be born of the combined energies of Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva, created in anger to slay the demon Mahisasur. This energy took the form of rays, which crystallized in the hermitage of the sage Gatyayana. The sage gave her a form, and therefore she is also called Gatyayani, or daughter of Gatyayana. The Srimad Bhagavat Puran, in the 10th canto and 22nd chapter, describes the legend of the Gatyayani Vrat, or Vow, where the Gopis, or daughters of the cowherd men of Gokul in Vraj, worshipped goddess Gatyayani and took a vow to get Lord Krishna for their husband. The Bhagavatam explains that all of the unmarried Gopis in Vrindavan used to daily worship goddess Gatyayani early in the morning after taking a bath in the river Yamuna. The goddess is worshipped by preparing a doll made of sand from the bank of the Yamuna. The unmarried girls used to pray with great devotion to the goddess, addressing her as follows, O supreme external energy of the personality of Godhead, O supreme mystic power, O supreme controller of this material world, O goddess, please be kind to us and arrange for our marriage with the son of Nandamaraj, Krishna. The Bhagavatam purports explain that the Vaishnavas or followers of Vishnu generally do not worship any demigods, yet the gopis, who are beyond compare in their affection for Krishna, were seen to worship Durga in the form of Gatyayani. Generally people worship goddess Durga for some material benediction, but here the gopis prayed to the goddess to become wives of Lord Krishna, and so despite of her often ferocious looking form, Gatyayani Devi reciprocates kindly with those who approach her without ulterior motive, and particularly here with those with a motive of devotion. The seventh form of Durga is Kalaratri, of dark hue and dishelved hair, 
and three bloodshot eyes garlanded with skulls. She often rides on a donkey and holds a scimitar, a vajra or thunderbolt and a cup. Often the name Kali and Kalaratri are used interchangeably for her. She is considered the most fearsome form of Durga and her name is composed of Gal, meaning devourer of all things or time, and Ratri meaning night, and she is associated with the crown chakra. The Mahabharata is indeed one of the first known places to have sighted Gali, and she appears in the most deadly of Bharvas, the Soptika Bharva, meaning one of terrible incidents. Where Ashwadhamma massacres at night the sleeping Pandava children along with the brother of Draupadi, Drishtadyumna. It is described in the Mahabharata. In her embodied form, Kali, a black image of bloody mouth and bloody eyes, wearing crimson garlands, attired in a single piece of red cloth, with a noose in hand and resembling an elderly lady, employed in the chanting of a dismal note and standing full before their eyes. In this way, she personified the terrors of war. In another story about Shumba and Nishumba, two demons who defeated by force the demigods and had occupied their lands, Lord Shiva recommended to the demigods to pray to Goddess Parvati for the reclamation of their land. Parvati heard their prayer while she was bathing and so created another goddess, Jandi, for the destruction of the two demons. Janda and Munda were two demons sent by Shumba and Nishumba and on coming to fight against the gods, the goddess Jandi created yet another goddess the dark goddess Gali, who would kill them, thereby acquiring the name Chamunda. In this way, she reduced the enemies of the gods. One day, a demon called Raktabija, meaning blood seed, arrived at the scene, who was given the boon that should even a drop of his blood fall on the ground, a replica of him would emerge. And so when Kalaratri attacked him, his blood would give rise to several new embodiments of him, and it became impossible to defeat him. Realizing this perpetual cycle, Kalaratri, continuing to battle, drank his blood directly, avoiding any spillage onto the ground. Getting carried away in her devastating mood, she began killing everyone who came before her. The gods, concerned, then prayed to Shiva, the husband of Kalaratri, that this annihilation may be put to an end. As Kalaratri continued, she, not seeing Shiva, stepped on him. And upon soon realizing she had done this, she hung out her tongue in a mood of shock and remorse. In this way, Galaratri 
whilst fearsome, is ever devoted to her husband of great honour, Shiva. Mahagauri is the eighth form of Durga, and in this is endowed with a beautiful white form, sitting on a handsome white ox, holding a trident, a drum, a lotus flower, and a noose in her hands. The name Mahagauri means extremely fair one, and she is said to be the goddess of purity, peace, and tranquility. Once upon a time, it was known that the duo of demons, Shumba and Nishumba, could only be killed by a virgin, unmarried form of Bharvati. Knowing this, Shiva teasingly repeatedly called Bharvati, Gali, owing to her representing darkness, even though she was so innocent and pure. Bharvati, becoming irate at Lord Shiva's teasing, performed severe penance to Brahma so as to get a golden complexion and not a dark one. Brahma said he was unable to grant this boon, but requested her to stop her penance and to slay the demons Shumba and Nishumba. Bharvati agreed to Lord Brahma and went to take a bath in the Ganges to cleanse herself before war. She entered the sacred Ganges and her skin washed off to reveal a beautiful golden complexion, wearing white garments and apparels, and hence became known as Mahagauri. The ninth form of Durga is Siddhidhatri, meaning the awarder of mystic potencies and it is our highest form of the Mahashakti, or great energy. It is understood that she is one side of the body of Lord Shiva, thereby going also by the name Ardhan Rishvara, or half of the body of his. Siddhidhatri sits on a lotus flower, holding a discus, conch shell, mace and a lotus flower. And so the forms of Durga, the feminine energy, have played a role in the affairs of the gods, the demons, and of this material world, as described many a time in the pages of the Mahabharata.